My microphone arm is so squeaky. I need to put some oil on it or something. It's like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so um, before before we started the podcast, you were eating a you were, you said that you have a banana, and I said um, bananas are terrible for you. And I said you're like wait why? So then I was like okay save it for the save it for the podcast cold open because I want everybody to hear this. Um, they're just carbs and sugar, and that's pretty much it. Like you can eat anything else and get the same nutrients, if not more. Um, and the banana has the same amount of potassium as a McDonald's McDouble. You can't honestly say that eating a McDouble is the equivalent of eating a banana. No, like, but you can, no, a... no, but the only thing a banana is producing for you is potassium and you can get that from like any other source. Okay. But comparatively, <laughs> yeah, if, you're comparatively. Just going, if you're eating food <laughs> and you're eating food like a normal human and you see your options and you see all that's in a grocery store and you grab a banana, that's nowhere close to the worst thing that you can eat. No, that's true. It's not. I, I, no, I just, there's not as good for you as people think. Yeah. They make you fat. Okay. What? <laughs> Dude, look at how much sugar and carbs are in a banana. It's a banana. Yeah. It's not a cupcake. Just because it grows from a tree doesn't necessarily mean it's inherently healthy. <laughs> it means it's better than a cupcake. That's true. I it think... that does. It's also better than arsenic. Yeah. This... Which which is natural, by the way, arsenic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I got I got nowhere to go with this. I'm like, look, listen up, bananas. You're making them out to be a bad, a bad banana. But I think. How do you I like? How do you right. like your bananas? Like at what ripeness? Pretty ripe. Not yellow. Like they've got to be brown. Some. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I think if mine like optimal banana for me is like 30 percent brown mm, okay maybe, so this one here maybe 20 oh that's great i like that yeah one. this yeah. one's good right yeah mm-hmm. but it could so, but it could be browner yeah, I've, I've even yeah, I've, I've, I, I've eaten bananas when they were like 60 70 percent brown i know some people right. well some people think that's repulsive but uh it's delicious mm, it's just banana bread bananas too so yeah um, that works but think, so in japan i've noticed that they individually wrap bananas with, like, when they sell them. If that. they're selling an individual banana, it'll be individually wrapped, which I just think is well. I mean, one, it's wasteful, but yeah, it's also that. just funny to see an individual banana. That just, is that is funny. I think Lauren will hate that too. I think when she goes when we go to Japan, she's gonna be like, "This is terrible." There's like this keto cereal that I really want, um, but they don't sell it in like the big bags. They only sell it individually, like in servings. I'm like. I've even messaged them and said, hey, do you sell these in big bags? Because I'm not going to buy these if they're individually served. And they're like, no, not at the moment. I'm like, that's stupid. All right, I'm not buying it. It would be literally cheaper if you were able to ship them in less bags. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, yeah. I'm i not like um, – I don't consider myself an environmentalist, but I don't like to waste and so isn't that what an environmentalist kind I, well of is a yeah bit? yeah i mean yeah i mean it's a component but i don't think it's like someone who i i try to i think an environmentalist i think if you if you're a self like proclaimed environmentalist a lot of your life is about environmentalism and like everything you do but if that was the case um we wouldn't be using coffee filters in our um uh what do we have? We have a KitchenAid coffee maker and it comes with like its own reusable coffee filter. You just got to clean it out. But we use coffee filters. Now they're typically recycled 
I'm made out of recycled material, but I I still I still think like if you were like a true environmentalist, you, you probably probably won't even drink coffee to be honest. But I don't yeah. know. I feel like there, there's yeah, always yeah, someone yeah. better than you at like whatever you claim you yeah, are. It doesn't mean that you, you know? yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can't call yourself that. I, that's not like when people get exclusive with labels. I think that's dumb. Like if you want to. Like writers, that's a prime example where they're like, well, I'm a writer or you're not a writer. And I'm like, do you write? Then you're a writer. <laughs> that's it. Like, do you run? Then you're a runner. That's it's really that's, not. That's another thing, too. I never considered myself a runner. I I just. Oh, you run. Yeah, I just I go running. I feel like runners like like exclusively train to run. It, OK, I'm a runner, but I'm a terrible runner. That's OK. You don't have to be good. <laughs> I ran this. I ran this morning for 30 minutes. Yeah, nobody's out here. There's no running police. Nobody's out here like, ah, no, you suck. So then you you're not in any anymore. running groups on Facebook because there are. I would tell you there are running police. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. I'm not, and I ignore most Facebook groups anyway. So it's um, not a good thing to say somewhere like this because I think a lot of people come to us from Facebook groups. But yeah, on, oops, on, on the topic of running, though, like I was, I have, I can't move my neck. Like I can, I. This is about my, my range of motion here, mm. and um, so when I have to like turn around, I have to like turn my whole body. Um, I don't know what happened. Went to the chiropractor; he couldn't adjust my neck because the muscles were too tight. So now I have a massage tomorrow at nine a.m. Try to try to get those out, but um, it's uh, it's frustrating because I feel like it's looser. Like towards the end of the day, when I wake up, I can't do anything. So my run this morning was just awful. I was like, well, I'm not like you know lifting anything with my shoulder or my neck. I can run and I'll be fine. Do your pillow? Um, no, I don't think so because I think it's just I talked. So I talked to Wayne the other day because he has the exact same issue. Like we were pinpointing oh. the exact same spots that were hurting, and he's like, "The chiropractor fixed his, and the chiropractor told him to not change his pillow because once he, they fix him, um, it's, the pillow is not going to cause the issue." So I feel like pillows can cause the issue if there is some underlying issue that's wrong. But if there isn't anything wrong and you're fine, then the pillow shouldn't be causing you the issue. Um, what kind of pillow do you use? Uh, I don't know if I want to say in the air. Um, it's a my pillow, actually. Uh, okay. <laughs> what kind? I don't know what they are. Like it's it, so it's uh, basically yeah, it's basically like recycled chunks of foam in like a um, uh, like a like a mesh bag that is the pillow, and then okay, but it's washable and everything. Um, I liked it because it was cheap, but also like you can fluff it so easily, um, mm-hmm. and it creates some support. Like I used to use Tempur-Pedic for a while, and um, like the the contoured one, and those are really awesome if you have neck pain. But then if you don't, like it limits you to only being able to sleep in like one position, and uh, like one or two positions. Um, I still have it, okay. but I don't use it as my daily pillow. Um, still Not use your daily the driver. Yeah, no. Still use the the my pillow, and I didn't want to say anything about it because that that dude is very divisive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, well, but but okay. um, now we got one like right before the store closed down here. So I was like, yeah, I just want to try it. You know, if it's a good product, I'm going to use it. But sure, yeah, it's been all right. All right. Well, um, you have a topic that you wanted to talk about, and you feel strongly and passionate about this one. So I'll let you lead it and then um, <laughs> I'll chime I in when I can. Yeah. And I don't know how to throw it out there other than I guess 
go straight to it and say advertising should be the last thing you do and you as being the infinitive like a company out there um and it just seems like lately there's been lots of conversations about this that we've had with prospective clients uh clients that are, are dealing with other issues within the business and like marketing is a component of a business in for us, it's our entire business, sort of, right? <laughs> it's the service that we offer. But even so, for us, we don't actually rely heavily on advertising, especially. In no, fact, we but, don't really advertise at all. Yeah, but more like more so like paid media. Right. Right. Um, we, do, we do a very healthy amount of SEO. We do a lot of SEO. We do a ton of SEO. That's true. Like, it's kind of the default. Well, that's what SEO is, right? It's the, it's the default. What am I going to do? I'll do some SEO. The, the term matter. that I u- like to use for SEO and email is budget neutral. It's a budget neutral marketing tactic. Ooh, yeah. I heard one of my clients say stuff. that in my day job, and I was like, I'm going to use that forever. Budget neutral. So it just doesn't cost. Anything. Yeah, it doesn't cost. Well, it doesn't cost anything other than labor. So it's budget neutral. Uh, that's mm-hmm. fancy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Budget neutral. I'm going to try saying it. I'm going to mess it up a few times, but maybe I'll just try to say it. You know, when you learn a word and then Mm -hmm. you try to use it for the first time and you just kind of hope that whoever's listening either doesn't know the word or it just lets you slide because they think, ah, he probably knows more than me. So I'm going to say (laughs) it. (laughs) I I never let it slide. Every time someone says a word, I don't know. I'll go, what does that mean? (laughs) Uh I, have no I can shame. remember learning contingent because it just sounds like a, it's a cool word. Uh, do you know what contingent is? Yeah. I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I was in college. Wait, I feel like I feel like I might have. Oh, you were in college in this one. There was something mm. that was similar to contingent. Like I used contingency plan in an earlier episode and you're like, what is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes I, sense. I can't remember. You were in college. Yeah. So I was in college. And a friend taught me, her name's Sarah. Sarah taught me what contingent was. And I, like for the next 15 minutes, I was like contingent. And I was like Buddy the Elf in, in, you know, <laughs> in, in the movie Elf where he's sitting in the corner like Francisco. That was me oh. for 15 minutes just trying to actually get it into my brain. But I, anyway. Um, I, I like it when you know a word. Like you know the word, but then someone uses it in like a different context. And you're like, I like it in that context. <laughs> and then, so like I've been saying like I do that. Then I say it a lot. So like one word like lately the last three or so weeks that I've been saying a ton in the business context or just really any context. And when, when any, whenever anybody wants autonomy with something, I just say, um, yeah, in order for this to be agnostic. Like it's usually oh, used in like a like fancy. a non secular way, but like uh-huh. I really like using it in um, uh, uh, a business sense in terms of uh, like we can say um, we use Google Data Studio or Looker Studio because it's an, an agnostic reporting tool. Um, it's not it's not really a third party reporting uh, tool. It's okay, Google. Okay. I mean, technically it is, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I follow. Yeah. Okay. Or or um, WordPress is basically an agnostic CMS. Well, it's open source, which is you can use it kind of interchangeably. But I like mm. that. Okay. I feel in, in general, I try not to use big words because I, I hate when jargon makes people like feel excluded. Like they yeah. don't know what the words are, so then they feel like they can't. They're not in the club. So 
Mm. I, I try to base it on who I'm talking to or when I know that there's just not a better word. Like it's the most appropriate word for the situation. I but use, when possible. I just use non secularly and I felt um I felt powerful. But <laughs> <laughs> I meant just non religiously or religiously. Mm-hmm. People usually use it. It's it's like that's like the non fiction fiction thing, right? Like non secular means religious and then secular means not religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so when you are talking about advertising, and, and it should be the last thing that you do, I feel like I don't even know where I got cut off or not cut off, where I started trailing off into the other parts. <laughs> um, but we were talking to clients, and it's been a topic, and people have been discussing it a lot, uh, things around it lately. And because, uh, Jake, you said you've seen a trend, too, um, of more and more people lately coming into the marketing space and it being a... It is a business by itself. Running a marketing agency is its own business with marketing as the service. And paid advertising in particular being these like the scalable option for many people to grow their business once they're at a point where they want to do it. What the problem is and what I what I'm seeing more and more of is people who are not ready to advertise yet. They are not in many ways, mentally, right? They they aren't in a position with the business where uh, they understand how this is going to impact their business and you know how they can scale it up. And then the limitations, the realistic limitations of that too, right? Everybody seems to think that Google is limitless, right? It's working. Here's more money. Please keep more and more leads coming through. Well, there's a cat. Don't listen to Google. <laughs> Google won't tell you that. They'll say you can always keep spending more. But there is a realistic limitation where you can't keep going past that. Um, But so if you don't have everything else sorted out within the business, if all you do is pour gas on the fire of your business that isn't prepared, you're just going to make a really big fire. (laughs) And for people who don't know any other way of growing a business, I guess that's not the worst thing you can do because maybe after you clean up, you were bigger than what you were before, but it's, it's a lot of collateral damage. That's just not necessary and needed. That's a word collateral damage. There mm-hmm. we go. Mm-hmm. That, that was, uh, I think that was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it, it, no, it does. Um, I think like there's a, dis- there's a, um, there are two different types of businesses or people and their, in their stage of business. There is the established business, which I think you are referencing more so uh, in references to our clients, um, where they're established, they make uh, probably two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, and they want to turn on advertising, but they're not ready to take on the amount of leads that they can get when they actually have an effective advertising source. Like they hire an agency that actually that's actually worth their weight, and then suddenly, like within three months, they're shutting down their ad services because. Uh, they don't have the labor to to sustain the lead flow, um, and that's not necessarily every time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, it's, it's like ninety percent of it's our a clients. It's very that frustrating and, and dumb example and reason for losing a client is because they weren't prepared for the success that you gave them. No, it's it's a from an agency standpoint, that's really it, that's it's a kind of a milestone when your services can can deliver that because not a lot of people. We talked about this in our last episode, but not a lot of people are confident in their abilities to be able to provide a service like that, especially if they don't have a track record. Um, 
but it's also from a standpoint of like they're not just like using your services they're doing other things too they're like po- they're posting in their own facebook groups they're getting their own door hangers their own flyers they're doing their own thing as well um and when they're not set up to take those leads in um they have to shut marketing services down which is fine mm-hmm. it's bittersweet as we you know, kind of put it before um good for good for them um, on the other side of that, you have kind of the agency owners who are just starting out and they need to find out, like find their first initial clients. So typically they'll turn to paid ads or like um, like setters and, and, and closers as kind of like their first paid channel to acquire their clients because it's faster, right? Uh, nobody wants to hear um, everybody wants to hear it, but nobody wants to actually do it which was my story when I first started, which was, and we say we started in 2019, which is true, but I started in 2017 in, in July of 2017. And yeah. I went six months with no client. I got one client. They lasted two months and then it was 10 months before the next client. And that was actually when you came on board. Um, now we're hitting 2019. So, um, I think in 2018 I had like a total of, I don't know, five, sales maybe uh Mm. or not five sales five thousand dollars um total and so if you split that out by month that's not even 500 bucks a month it doesn't even pay my rent um and just from that one client um so uh there was like the onboarding and then there was the the monthly um but then uh i got uh, inside the box marketing too um that was more of like a friendly client that stayed with us and it wasn't a lot but um there's a couple there's like a website builder too in there um that kind of helped me but i almost don't even think it was five thousand dollars i'm getting sidetracked anyways so um, but okay so in that instance you have the the marketing people who are just getting started out mm-hmm. primarily people that are listening to us right now right i mean that's what we're we're talking about yeah prim- and primarily yeah how it applies here is that look assuming assuming that you're offering a suite of services not just advertising, not saying that it's bad, but that is a pretty difficult thing to do is to purely focus on that and not even offer the other options. Right. Um, that's an extremely special. I'm thinking about the, it's the equivalent in SEO as like, I own a private blog network and rent out, you know, links as a monthly service or something like that. The amount of people who are going to be interested in that, it's a, it's an extremely niche crowd, right? Whereas if you're offering email services, you know, SEO services, paid advertising of, of different, not just one channel, different channels, that sort of thing. When you're offering something like that, you do have to have a decent understanding of them. So if you are just starting out, I think one of the dumbest things you can do is just go sink a ton of money into advertising, trying to acquire clients that uh, you... If that, if that was your path and you can't even do the SEO, you can't even get the clients organically, what are you going to do for them when you do get them? I love that you're bringing up this point because I always say this too, like, especially if you're an SEO agency, like, um, if you honestly can't get your own SEO clients, you have a problem and, and you can, so the, the common argument that I get back is, well, what am I going to rank for marketing services? Like I'm going to try to rank against like Ahrefs or like, you know, those big companies. Um, and, uh, no, like this, the whole point of niching down. Um, when I actually first started Evergrow, I didn't think that I was going to rank 
or get inquiries from people searching for a landscaping marketing company or lawn care marketing company. I didn't even have the keyword data to back it up because I wasn't spending anything in Google ads and therefore my the monthly search volume for those keywords, were, it said like 10 to 100. Great. Like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And then and now we get a little bit more granular keyword data, except we don't even have to look at Keyword Planner for our own search terms anymore because we have so much uh, Google Search Console data that we can we can go back to and actually see better details. Um, and so you'd be actually very surprised at how many people search for niche uh, marketing agencies that aren't broad, that know their industry. They want to know that you're not going to use general terminology or it's not going to take six months just for you to learn um, how to market that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's th- something that you need to know and that you can't just skip. You don't get mm-hmm. to just buy. There's no get out of jail. You don't just, you can't just buy your way past that. And if you do, you're just going to end up back where you started. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I th- That's I how think- I feel. I think some of the first things you can do when you're first starting out to get clients is, is learn a very foundational level of SEO. So even if you don't know, don't have um, SEO experience and then what you're trying to sell is social media marketing, um, learning some SEO just to just to rank in your niche would be um, helpful. Um, and then also like being featured in industry podcasts and magazines, kind of like we were, but then in just engaging with the with the industry groups and forums in, in general. Um, We've talked about that plenty of times because one argument that I see for people who aren't SEO agencies or don't have SEO experience, like let's say they want to offer paid media um, or like like a paid social, is they don't have the the if they want to acquire clients the way that we say you know you should acquire clients based on the services you're delivering, that means they have to put money into social ads. Um, in in some instances yeah. that you know that might be what you have to do because you chose to start this um in other instances uh i would highly advise to learn a, a foundational level of seo in order to gain your first clients um you can also do outreach i don't like doing outreach we don't do mm-hmm. outreach at all but um you can um who just messaged us <laughs> <laughs> I have my I have my notification blocker set to the wrong time because we switched our podcast recording time to the morning. Um, oh, it was Lisa. <laughs> oh, she didn't message you. She messaged me. Hold on. Ah, good. Oh, there it goes again. Let me mute her. <laughs> Turn off notifications. All right. <laughs> Turn off notifications all. Um, let's see. Notifications off. Save. And then let's go to my groups. <laughs> oh gosh so uh, you brought up a good point i want uh, to say a couple things one i didn't have a ton i wanted to say about this other than exactly what i said which is <laughs> uh I, I have a lot more now which is good because you brought up some really important points i want to hit on um but i'm gonna say it very clearly and plainly again because i just want to make sure that people understand across the board any business this business your clients businesses all those things Putting money into advertising to grow the business is moderately helpful. It's mildly helpful in the beginning compared to once you're 100% prepared to scale and then pouring gas on the fire. That kicks ass. And that's amazing. And I think that's what you should do. And I think that's what grownups do. <laughs> that's my feelings. Uh, and I will, I'll fight about it. So if you want to fight, let's go. Uh, now, in this... You talked about if you're offering paid ads as a service, right? 
I think even in that case too, that it's still beneficial to not go straight to learning to not go immediately into ads because again, you're wasting lots of money and there's going to be lots of collateral damage. So a history of uh, people I rarely talk about now at this point, because I just don't, I'm so far. I, I think that there might be some listeners who, if you're familiar with this, cool. Like this is good stuff to know and it's very good information. Um, but it's also dangerous to keep sticking around in here because the general crowd that, uh, it listens to all this stuff. I think many of them rarely ever get a business totally off the ground. And it's because they have shiny objects and they keep jumping from thing to thing. So you have affiliate marketing, which is huge. It has been, it will be, you know, it's, it's always going to be a thing. You can split affiliate marketing into two groups. You have free traffic, SEO, social, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Right. And the, the ways that you can do it cover a lot, right? Everything from, white hat clean sites to malware right <laughs> those are options now there's that sort of seo and that's that's extremely crowded generally speaking um i think not as much now because people have moved away from um affiliate marketing with the the war on cookies and cookie tracking but uh it's still more crowded than say paid affiliate marketing so not a ton of people not only do paid affiliate marketing, but can afford to stick around. And I never got deep into paid affiliate marketing because once I started learning all the things that you need to do with paid affiliate marketing anyway, such as how do you build a fast loading website or landing page? How do you, how do you do basic SEO? So you are getting free traffic anyway, even if you are buying your traffic, don't just exclude free traffic. Wait, what's the difference between paid anyway. affiliate marketing and just regular affiliate marketing? So yeah. If you're just doing SEO affiliate marketing, so like a niche site, um, the I don't know if people still do this. I assume oh, that they do. It's not between a, a, idea, a paid but... medium versus SEO. Right, right, right. Oh. So like a, a traditional niche site is you find a niche, you go after ranking in that niche, and then you, if it's an if it's a affiliate site, then you have affiliate links and stuff, and then you sell from there, right? Paid it's a, it's a completely different mindset. A lot of guys build one landing page. They go join an affiliate network. They find a good offer. And then it's just, it's a numbers game. I want to buy traffic. At what, at what rate is this converting? Can I get this so that there's a successful enough margin? And then once it's successful, pour money into it and see how much I can crank back out. You can make a lot of money. I think it's a little bit like, um, maybe like poker. I don't want to say gambling because it's not. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the drop shipping model. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's exactly where I was going next is people, once it started getting harder in both of those places, um, once the margins got tighter, once, you know, cookies were, you know, the war on cookies, it, advertising mediums kept getting more and more expensive. People went to drop shipping, right? Not even full e-commerce, just drop shipping. So how can I buy stuff? How can I set up? What is it? Uh, I can't remember it, the, the software, but They'll, it'll automatically buy and ship it from AliExpress. I'll take, I'll skim 10% off the top. You know, it'll take me a million dollars to make a hundred K, but cool. That was kind of the next thing. And then you went to crypto. Everybody loved crypto because it was yet another, if you're just there early, extremely lucrative way to make money. But, you know, there were no crypto ads at the Super Bowl last, last year. 
this year, this year. Uh, and there's a reason for that. So I think now people are, are coming back to the, ah, crap, I got to be a grown up and do a legitimate business and marketing and realizing that they don't know how. <laughs> mm. And, and if you just go straight to, oh, well, if I, if I knew paid affiliate marketing, or if I'm used to buying traffic, then I'll do that to get off the ground. You're still, I think, not in the mental space that you need to be of, you're no longer just chasing, how can I make money? There's a big difference between making money and running a business or having an operation. And the same thing with selling on selling e-commerce like on Amazon or something. And I mean, it's in the nicest of ways, but I've known people who uh, mistake have mistakenly thought that they were running a business when they were selling a successful product. Okay. If you have one mm -hmm. product that you were lucky with and were able to get successfully off the ground and start selling, get to work, right? Yeah. What? It's Start moving horizontally. How can you solidify this? What what other things can you start building a brand? How can I get additional products to you know um, really really solidify this thing in case that one tanks or you know and, and not just from products. How do you get into patents? How do you get into everything? How do you go legit? How do you you know? So I was I was explaining a concept to Marcus the other day um, in our one on one and. I was like, because it's been, I think we started like I don't know, four months ago, three or four months ago, um, on some of these coaching, uh, things. And, um, I refused to let him get a client first. I was like, no, you need to learn all of this stuff first. You need to learn Google analytics, Google tag manager, Google ads, uh, you know, everything that you're going to do to execute your services. And then like familiarize yourself with the actual marketing aspect of it. You can join some groups just to kind of engage, just do some, you know, basic level stuff. But um, you can, if you build, so like the, the whole goal is to grow taller, get, get higher. And you do that with blocks. If you, if you, if you start with a very like small base, let's just say you have two blocks and you start piling up, eventually that, that tower is going to topple over and die a lot mm -hmm. sooner than if you build your foundation super wide um, with opportunity. And um, what I mean by that is, uh, Cody and I spent a lot of time building our just kind of inbound foundation of getting leads. We already had the experience. So a lot of that foundation was already there. We, we already knew how to do SEO. We already knew how to do Google ads. Um, we were learning how to build websites. And then um, we started stacking blocks on that um, after off from a very wide foundation. We um, divided our, uh, uh, our expenses, our incoming revenue into separate accounts uh, based on the profit first system, which we can talk about in a different episode. That was another building block. Uh, we're at a point right now where like our tower is still not complete and still not very tall, but we've stopped putting blocks on it um, uh, and started building outward rather than up because uh, in order for us to build to this like hypothetical distance in the sky, we realized that we need a stronger foundation um and so like we're focusing on that and we could grow like we cody and i you and i could make two hundred thousand dollars next year um each as like our income but uh it'll die there it'll end and i don't i have much higher ambitions than that so and when we first started out with our profit first system we took a we were taking a, a, a hypothetical huge pay cut because instead of 90 percent of the revenue 
hitting profit and hitting our account, we were or hitting our bank accounts, we were only taking like 20% of it because the rest of it was going into payroll, capital expenses, marketing, uh, savings, whatever else we had. But that division of it put it in the business and not in our pockets. And we had to have the foresight to say like, but this is better for the future. Um, and in order for us to actually grow and acquire the clients that we want to have, we need to set up all this stuff first. Mm-hmm. I just pulled it up while we were ta- while you were talking because I wanted to share this too. You said it before. We've never said exactly. Um, for the longest time, we've spent we spent zero on advertising for our business, like literally none. It took us how many years? Uh, we started twenty nineteen together, Four, checking three. Google Ads. Uh, it was like right at the turn of twenty twenty three. Um, so this year, like right before, so four years. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, four. Mm-hmm. And we spent uh, one hundred and twenty five bucks, <laughs> and that was on, on that paid was traffic. that was more for like funsies. Yeah, it was to learn. We, yeah, we right? did. Um, we did uh, two YouTube videos. He did one um, just about the business, and then I did one for me. And we were kind of we wanted to see who got more engagement interaction. <laughs> and it was it was twofold, right? Because I think most people engaged with yours, but I think people watched mine longer, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But uh, they're probably just looking at my background. Um, <laughs> more interesting. Yeah, but. Uh, um, nothing came of it and i still tell people like we don't spend money on advertising because i don't even like count that because <laughs> that was just like for fun mm-hmm. yeah speaking of advertising i got a sidebar i got an email just now um that is blowing my mind right now so i we got we got our carpet cleaned um a couple of days ago or like last week and just outside my door here uh the hallway the carpet is like grimy. Like I put my hands on it and it's like, ugh, it feels kind of weird. And, um, I think it's because there's not really good airflow in the basement. So I don't, um, you have to have like nice fans to dry that. And so I was on home Depot and I was like, I'm gonna get my carpet cleaned again down here. Um, but I need to make sure I have good fans before I do that. So I was on home Depot looking at some like industrial blowing fans or like fan, like fan dryers or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just got an email from capital one shopping. Um, that said, uh, thanks to your recent purchases, you can get bonus rewards on items like $600 CFM three-speed multi-purpose mini mighty air mover utility blower fan with power outlets. First of all, that's the longest product name I've ever heard. Mini, mini mighty right. air. Yeah, 600 CFM three-speed multi-purpose mini mighty air mover utility blower fan with power outlets. That sounds way cooler than my pillow. <laughs> Um, which is the actual fan that I was looking at. So, um, and then like in there, it says save more with these exclusive offers earn 5% activate offer. And it has a picture of the fan that I was looking at yesterday. Okay. So why this is mind blowing to me is because I was on home Depot's website looking at this and capital one, my bank sent me this. Um, so capital one knows that I was on the home Depot website looking at this, the capital one card that I have and that purchase that I have is not tied to my home Depot uh account um i in my day job i work in customer data platforms or cdps so like this email would 100 percent make sense if it came from uh, home depot because home depot has my cookie and they also have my email so if they can associate the two they can assume that the anonymous user browsing on their site uh they can tie that cookie to the uh or not the cookie but the ip address and everything to my email user profile and then uh, engage in an email campaign 
that's what I did my day job. Um, consult with companies to do this. Um, but this coming from Capital One is blowing my mind. And I don't know, like, there's got to be some kind of partnership there because I don't know how Uh they did it. They're selling data for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, you know, you already know. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's that makes sense, right? I mean, if you've spent any time with within Basis, right, or Centro is now Basis, right? That was a while ago. Mm -hmm. Basis DSP demand side platform. Um, That's all that they do. (laughs) They just sell this sort of information so that you can advertise to it. So. Yeah, the big companies are definitely just going more directly as opposed to through those sorts of partnerships, especially through like what they email. That's mm-hmm. a little more complicated than just showing a display ad or something like that. Yeah, that's, um, pretty, that's pretty impressive. But I hope I hope this much was, uh, again, helpful for people. I feel like, um, so we mentioned one bad review. We got two now. Two, I think yeah. it's because um, I told people that they're paying for their friends. And I think I hurt their feelings. I, I could be wrong, but I think it's because in the mastermind, I was saying, that's weird, guys. And I stand by it. Don't care. I'm still going to say it's <laughs> a little strange. Um, and, well, to be fair, and I though, we, we, I, ways. we asked if people disagreed with us. And what we, yeah. hope it, what we hoped was for um, some discourse, uh, like discussion on, on it, either on the website or through yeah. email. But no, these guys were like, nah, screw you. One star review. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess that's uh, if you want to voice your opinion, that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got a little punchy with that episode. We still, at some point, we still stand by, um, you know, finding masterminds weird. Uh, but if honestly, if you have an issue, like, uh, let us know. We're, yeah, we'll, we're talking we'll bring about you on. Our, that'd be cool. And we're talking about our experiences and what we know and what we've what we've seen and what's worked for us and. Those sorts of things. I mean, if they, if you're one of those people who has done it and seen a lot of value in it, it'd be great to talk to you um, and explain why, you know, tell us what the benefits are and why it's worth it. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I also get. I really was still punchy in. in this one, so I was trying to be like, <laughs> be less punchy, Cody. Come on. I, I also, helpful. I also get punchy in like Facebook groups, and like my the podcast link was like the main link in my profile, and so I was like, I feel like some people are just like, ah, screw this guy. He's got a podcast, and go leave him a bad review. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We, Cody and I kind of talked about it. I mean, we're, we're little pansies. Yeah, it hurt our feelings, but. It's okay. At some point, like we have to realize that some people are not going to enjoy the podcast, and then some people, you know, the, hopefully the majority of you do, and um, you know, we'll try not to, we'll try not to take it personally. But we're human. I mean, what, what am I supposed to say? Like, I don't care what people, what people's opinions of me are. I do, I do care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care if some people, some people, I don't care. <laughs> cool. uh, but um, I think uh, I think that's all I had. I just, you know, uh, all we had. Because this is your episode, yeah. so uh, I think it's just really important to reiterate that if you know if you're not set up internally to accept a lot of the clients, you know you're going to fall into the trap of our what our clients are getting, which is you know turning work down, or because maybe you're first starting, you're going to overcommit yourself, and then that's not a good look. So um, mm-hmm. make sure you try to get your first clients organically um, to get to a point, and then like actually build your processes before you start advertising and um, and, and getting out there and wasting money. Yeah. I think that sounds much nicer and maybe I should have mentioned the reason why we're saying this is because it's, it's a bad place to put yourself 
when you're overloaded with work and you're not sure how to handle it and it's preventable. So that's what we're trying to prevent. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll see you next time. See you.